0: Ladies and gentlemen, make yourselves comfortable. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About dragon
1: You
2: sound insane. you realize
1: that? Oh, yeah, the whole world got crazy. It's, it's Showtime. That's
0: right. That's right. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. Every week we talk movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings and break down and review a movie of the week. Don't worry if you haven't seen it because we will give you warning before we head into spoilers. And remember, you can find all of our episodes on iTunes and on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. This week's movie of the week is what? Brian Gill? This week we're talking about DreamWorks
1: Pictures, how to train your dragon to.
0: So this is the movie, guys, last week that I thought was going to dominate. And I don't know if yeah. I'm alone in that opinion, but I thought this was no, going to be a like... an $80 million or above type debut for this. And I don't, I'm not sure of the final number, but it didn't reach that at all, surprisingly.
1: Box Office Mojo predicted it would be the number two movie of the summer overall. Oh,
0: yeah. wow. Yeah, I thought it was going to be just massive as well. Yeah, I did too. So, guys, no movie news, rumors, rumblings. Uh, for this episode. If you want to hear our uh, movie news talk for this week, just listen to the first half of 22 Jump Street episode. This is sort of a little standalone bonus episode on our thoughts on uh, DreamWorks Animation's How to Drain Your Dragon 2. So guys, let's jump right into it. Let's start off with initial thoughts. And uh, Brian Gill, we'll start off with you. Give us your initial thoughts of, first of all, how to train your dragon, and maybe some of the other DreamWorks Animation movies, and uh, what did you think initially of this sequel, How to Train Your Dragon 2? So DreamWorks
1: Animation is an interesting studio because they're generally – they have a lot of successes – Uh, financially speaking, but they're always kind of like the, you know, they're coming in second to Pixar at best. And now that Disney has kind of resurged with uh, Frozen and Wreck-It Ralph, whatever they're, they're definitely playing third. It always seems like DreamWorks itself is like kind of on the verge of, of bankruptcy or being folded into another studio or whatever. So there's, it's always like kind of on shaky ground. How to trade your dragon I think is is my favorite animated movie that's not Pixar or Disney. I I, I really really love that movie. I, I rewatched it a couple of days ago before heading into this one just to you know kind of get reacquainted with with the whole thing. It's just so I, I think very very unique, very smart, um, and the animation is is really solid. But I think the the thing that sets how to Turn Your Dragon apart from some of the other DreamWorks pictures is that there's not nearly as much focus on the talent behind the the voices, if that makes sense. Um, I always feel like a DreamWorks movie, you get like – they try to cast the biggest name that they can get for the role and then they almost – like that person almost supersedes the actual movie um itself, which is something that Pixar and Disney never do. Um and this is one that, you know, the main character, the main actor, voice actor is is Jay Bearshell, who most people most the average moviegoer probably can't even recognize, you know. Um and I think that that I think that lends itself to the movie and to the character of Hiccup and his relationship with the dragon and and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I think I think this franchise has also has a great deal of heart that I've always found lacking in the DreamWorks universe. Um, the, you know, the first one, the first one, I, I'm not ashamed to admit, it makes me tear up pretty much every single time I watch it. At, at the end, I think it's very strong uh, as far as the the development of the relationship between the main character and the and the dragon. So that's really great. So I was very excited about the second one, and it it totally lived up to uh, to my expectations. It's Honestly, it's right on par with uh, with the first one. There's a little bit less of a novelty aspect to it. It's not as unique, obviously, because it's the second one. Um, But that's it's to me, it's a very minor minor issue. And uh, overall, these movies really, I think, really get it as far as making a movie for adults and kids and having it have a purpose rather than just. We're just going to go to the movies for an hour and a half and laugh, and that's that's all of it. Like, There's lots of laughs. There's lots of really cool visuals, but I think they these movies like have some sort of uh, an identity as far as giving you something more than just mindless entertainment, which most kids' movies do not. So I,
0: I really enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Good initial thoughts. Richard, initial thoughts on the first movie, if you've seen it, and uh, this sequel.
2: So I had not seen the first until about two weeks ago. I knew we were going to be doing this episode, so I uh – I got on that um, and was really blown away by. It. I had always heard it was great, and uh, I, I know that this. And then what, the, it's it Chance of Meatballs or something? Is the other one that's pretty well uh, respected? Yeah, they. Uh, this was you know the first one, you, Brian. You're right. Tugged at the heartstrings, almost school of rock level, but not not a crazy amount. <laughs> uh, I don't really care. I mean, it's not about that. I'm, I'm I i do not really care about it either way. But the the animation in these isn't great to me. Yeah. Like it doesn't really blow me away in terms of like aesthetic beauty. Like sometimes the Pixar stuff does, even though the Pixar stuff lately has been not nearly on par. Uh, but it's not about that. The scripts are really good, and 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 uh, these animated uh, writers just they have such a better eye for story than live action writers yeah. do. I, I don't know what that is. It's Pixar is the same way. That's what makes Pixar movie great. They have these really unique stories, and they're just. Um, I guess like thematically and, and all that, just, just have a really interesting pace and everything to them. I knew it was great, but I had just never gotten around to it, and then I was, even with that, pleasantly surprised. Uh, this one I thought was, uh, I wouldn't say it was quite on par, but it was it was probably only like 9% worse, and that's mm-hmm. fine for a sequel, especially when the first one's very good. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, uh, especially in a the theater, it was fun. I, was, I hadn't been to a kid's movie in a the theater in a while, uh, because my parole just ran out, and uh, <laughs> no, but uh, this was uh, kind of a fun experience to see. Uh, I guess I've seen Pixar movies in the theater, uh, but I haven't really seen much. We haven't. I'm trying to think of any ones we've done for the pod that I know I've seen. But this was like the first Pixar? time there was like kids. We did uh, Monsters
0: U last year.
2: Yeah, so I'm saying. I guess Lego movie, but there was mostly adults in my Lego movie screening. This yeah. was the first time I had seen like a movie with kids in it because I went on Saturday. Yeah, but it was it was really uh, really a fun. Mm a fun experience, something really different that I honestly, I wouldn't without the podcast would not have seen it. And, uh, and, uh, was really glad I did. Brian, you're right. These have kind of an emotional depth in them and, and without being like uh tacky or, or cheesy that, that it works really well. And I think the movie actually performs best when it's in those moments, yeah. uh, which is, can't be said for a lot of things. So, uh, that's kind of, kind of my thoughts on it. can what, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your dragon training story? Sure. Well, like you, Richard, surprisingly, I had never seen
0: this movie until uh, the day I uh, went and saw the sequel. So I went and red boxed uh, the original and I saw it on my watching on my like 55 inch TV, which I know is probably not the same as we've discussed as going to the theater and seeing it. But it was really fun. I don't know if I'm as high on it as you guys were. I feel like most of the time, uh, more than half of the movie is just him finding and meeting the dragon himself. And we only really get one act of him after that. He has tamed the dragon as his friend. Like, I feel like, um, probably more than half of that movie is just a setup for future movies, which is fine. And it's necessary, but Brian, I don't know your exact review, but I was way more high on this movie than the first one. Hmm. Uh, in my opinion, uh, not, not necessarily a better story, yeah. but animation wise I don't know if you guys saw this in 3d but wow this was freaking awesome in 3d this was it's I saw like it in 2d
2: yeah. oh you did okay
0: yeah yeah same here man man I would suggest going if you ever see it again see it in 3d or go to the dollar theater and see it in 3d it was the scenes with the, them flying through the clouds and uh, when the, when we first get introduced to hiccup in this movie and he's like flying over the ocean and everything through the clouds and they're doing little stunts back and forth between him and Toothless the dragon it is mind blowing it's so good so well animated um but the scale on this movie to me was just double uh if not triple what the first one was the amount of work that went into this movie is astounding like from an animation standpoint i was really impressed with this movie but to answer all y- your guys's question about the scripts and everything uh mainly these movies get they spend years on the beats of the story. Yeah. Because if you're gonna animate something that's gonna take four years to animate, you can't go back and just say, Let's change this, you know? Right. Uh so they really have to hammer home uh the beats of the story and make sure that's good. And I think the first one is a good movie, but um I was just more impressed with this one as a whole than I was Uh, with the first How to Train Your Dragon. I know that sounds blasphemous because the first one is like this holy grail of animation and and it really put DreamWorks on the map again. But uh, Richard, you mentioned uh, Cloud is the Chance of Meatballs. That's actually Sony Pictures Animation, uh, not DreamWorks. But that's really one of the only ones that Sony has that's worth anything, unless you consider the Smurfs and Smurfs 2 uh, worthy animation films. I I don't put them in this category at all.
2: But, yeah, well, mostly just, um, not so much financially, but critically, those are really well-respected, the Smurfs. I mean, those <laughs>
0: on the Oscars did that win? I'm not sure. But,
2: yeah, uh,
1: stage production of Smurfs 2 was was pretty great.
0: I'm not going to lie.
2: Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of
0: Meatballs, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Smurfs, 22%. So pretty much complete opposite. And Smurfs 2, even worse, at 14%. That's another conversation. But as far as DreamWorks animation this movie is just really fun. It's so so much better than the movies. I've I've got a list here of the past their past releases, and it's just surprising that they can do a gym like this, and despite what all their other movies are. I mean, I'll go through a list here of of the DreamWorks movies after I give my more of my thoughts. But the scale, like I said, was extremely impressive of this movie. I really really enjoy. Jay Baruchel in this, yeah, I think his voice acting is freaking fantastic. I was, that's what I was most impressed with with the first movie was how well he fits the character of Hiccup. How well he fits how it's written. His personality is almost the exact same. It's like almost like before they started writing it, they say, okay, Jay Baruchel is gonna be our main character. Now let's write a movie for him. You know the tone and everything is great
1: i think that's like again that's that's part of why these movies are so good as compared to some of the other dreamworks and sony and stuff is like one of the things that makes pixar so great is that they're whoever they cast those characters sort of take on the personality of of the person that they cast or at least the, the public perception of that personality um and i don't think dreamworks does that very often it's not usually what what happens with their (laughs) with their films but uh with this with bear shell as you said like he just man he just perfectly embodies that character and it, it becomes it feels more genuine i think than some of their other uh animated endeavors
0: and impressed with him by the way how happy is america ferreira To to be involved in this, like every couple years, she gets a call. Hey, how to train your dragon sequel? Yes, fist pump. Yeah, but really impressed with Farishell, and she does a great job as well. But also Gerard Butler and Craig Ferguson are great in this movie too. I like Craig Ferguson a lot. He's just really happy that Scottish roles are coming up. Like, okay, you are gonna do a Pixar movie. You are gonna play a Scottish guy. In a DreamWorks movie, we're going to play a Scottish guy. So he's yeah. really happy, I'm sure, as well with these. But those four people are fine. I think uh, the secondary cast is pretty much dispensable. Uh, no yeah. no point in really having Kristen Wiig involved in this. And um, Jonah Hill, for me, his voice is just too distinct, in my opinion. Like I can't watch that character without picturing Jonah Hill standing there saying the lines. Uh, same with McLovin. And or Chris Mintz Plus. All right. I can't, no, that's I can't fine. not that's call fine. him Mick Love. Yeah. 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 And TJ Miller also here, who plays my favorite comedy character of the year and Erlich Bachman from Silicon Valley. Extremely funny guy, very distinct voice as well. And he was the voice in Cloverfield, the camera guy. But he, I think, has two lines in this movie. Maybe, yeah. if that. So kind of underutilized, but I, I appreciate that because I, really enjoy hiccup so initial thoughts the scale of this was great this is so much more of a adult movie than i expected it to be (laughs) like it really isn't a kids movie that there were several small children in my theater like sub under the age of five and i was just thinking to myself watching this i was like there's no way they understand 90 percent of what is happening or the story you know
1: but that's a good thing. I mean, yes. that's, that's fine. I'm like, not that's complaining want, about that. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah.
0: It's almost an action movie.
1: It is, yeah.
0: I mean, it's like they watched Avatar, and they're like, okay, we can do that. You know, <laughs> Most of this movie takes place in the air. I really liked that. And it, it really does have an action movie feel, especially the, um, the villain, Drago. So with him, really scary villain. And um, I, I have a feeling a lot of kids are a little bit uh, scared of him, but I enjoyed the like negativity of that, and I think the, the first movie was missing a true villain. I know that they were trying to slay the evil dragon or whatever, but th- it missed the true villain, but this does have emotional depth as well, and – more i uh, emotional depth on in my opinion than the first one especially when he finds his mother and they reunite as a family um those are my uh initial impressions with this and what did you guys like what was your favorite uh what's your favorite part of How to Train Your Dragon 2 what were you most impressed with Brian?
1: i thought they did a good job of of taking cuz you're right this is a it is a much grander scale um whereas the first one is almost like like a coming of age character study in some ways, um, this is way more epic, I guess, uh, in, in a lot of ways. And it's, I thought they did a great job with with taking it to a different level, kind of the opposite of like the twenty one and twenty two Jump Street thing, which was obviously done very intentionally, and we really liked it. But like this was a very good, I think, natural stepping stone. Yeah, that was really great. I'm always really impressed with the with these movies with the the. Creature design, um, yes. I think they, I think they do a great job of making most of the like ancillary dragons look a- appealing and not scary <laughs> to kids and stuff, but still kind of cool for us. And then I think the, the, I think the creature design on on Toothless, the main dragon, is is astounding. I think it's it's just um, whoever really drew that and came up with that uh, that look should be doing things uh, with. You know, props and models for for sci fi films, because I think it's a it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous design. And I was even more so impressed with uh, with that this time around than I was uh, the first the first film. But, yeah, man, it's funny. You know, I took a bunch of kids to see this. I did an event at uh, at my my work. Um so I took like 25 kids to see this and we we all, they all really enjoyed it. I don't know. I just like um now that I'm a I'm a father and and I've always, you know, I've worked with kids for for 12 years or whatever and so I like any kind of animated movie that I can take kids to see and they're not going to get something that's inappropriate or puts me in an awkward position of having to like explain something, but that I also really and truly enjoy. Um, And this is just, I mean, it's right on, it's right there with, with the best of, of whatever, you know, Pixar. And, and uh, so I really appreciate that aspect of this film and really the the franchise as, as a whole.
2: Yeah. Richard, what were you most impressed with, with this movie, like I said, the story I think was really well thought out and really um, tight uh less holes in it than a lot of live action movies you see uh i think yeah i, I guess i don't know if i had a bad real world. i wasn't that blown away like i said for the animation you're right on the creature design the design was good there i, I if i have a chance i may go see this again in 3d because i really did like it um give it another shot kind of aesthetically but i think this movie could have been a standalone movie really and you know, it's the second in a trilogy, so that's mm-hmm. that's hard to pull off. Like, if you brought a kid to it, I don't think they'd be too. You know, obviously, it's best to see the first, but it wasn't like totally disorienting. I didn't think so. Uh, yeah, it was that. That was that was really. Impressive. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. What, I'm like excited now for the third in this series, which is kind of uh, weird. Yeah, it, two weeks ago, I would not have cared ever, anything about this at all. Third movie is slotted for June seventeenth, twenty sixteen.
0: Uh, so two years from now. Uh, I imagine pretty much fully underway with that movie uh, as far as animating it. And they've probably already recorded the voices and everything like that for it. So really excited for that. And I'm looking to see how they up the scale from this one. Like you said, Brian, the design for the creatures is is truly amazing. Mm-hmm. There are several scenes in this with 50-plus dragons in one frame. Yeah. And they're all different. <laughs> That was my main complaint with Monsters University last summer. Yes. They were all the same. All the all the monsters looked the same. It was like, okay, this one's got two tentacles and two eyes. This one's got four tentacles and one eye. You know, there was, I feel like, very little thought and effort put into the overall design of the characters. But this one, complete opposite. So much creativity used and uh, much more colorful of a movie than the first one. Most of the characters have, like, war paint on and stuff like that. Really easy way to make it visually distinct or different than the first one. The little wingsuit that Hiccup wears is awesome. Whoever came up with the idea to do that needs a promotion at DreamWorks. That is really, really cool, and I I really enjoyed the little gadgets that he had on it, too. You know what I mean? Where... He had like the little wing that would fly flap out in the back. He had like the little peg leg that could, like, it was like interchangeable, like a Swiss Army knife or something like that. I thought that was really, really uh, creative, very fun. And so, a lot of small little things that made this movie uh, better, in my opinion, than the first one, just more well thought out and uh, still up to the par of the first one as far as story. But I think on a, from an animation and a technical standpoint, just f- far superior than the first one like I said, I saw the first one for the first time on my on my TV and uh DVD quality so I mean I'm sure i I might have different thoughts having seen it in the big theater and everything, but I only saw it once, so I'm going off first impressions for both of them but i I was just very impressed with this this film and it does it's it's a good standalone movie you don't really have to know anything about the first one to get into this they do a very good job of exposition and the way they start out the movie and and in the movie with uh, the little monologues from from hiccup is really cool and i enjoy that about both the films i'm glad they kept that consistent but it does it works as a standalone action film (laughs) i never expected that to happen some of the some of the scenes near the end with the giant dragons is like reminiscent of Well, Godzilla that we just saw last month, you know? Uh, The scale of them was was huge. And I I really enjoyed that about it, because I didn't expect a Godzilla-esque monster to be in this movie, and for the main, I guess, for the main objective to be to destroy a giant Godzilla-sized creature. I think that for adult audiences, that really would work for them. Yeah. So, it's an adult movie that's quite violent. There are there's, like, death in mass quantities here. There are, are multiple amputations, <laughs> multiple people <laughs> who have lost limbs, like, fighting this war with dragons. So not something that you would see normally in a kids-type movie. But I appreciated uh, that they, would, they had the guts to, do, uh, to put that in a sequel to a very successful uh, kids' movie. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com mad. That's blueapron.com mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad blue apron, a better way to cook. Anything you guys dislike about how to train your dragon too? Brian?
1: Yeah. You mentioned earlier, like the supporting cast, I think, I think in the first one, they, they used wig and uh, Jonah Hill and that group quite well. And this one, they don't have any bearing whatsoever on anything that happens. So that, that could have uh, been cut out quite easily, especially when you're adding in like the Drago character and the John Snow character, Eret I think was his name. Right, right. Um, so yeah, you, you, we could have done and Kate, Kate Blanchett. We could have done without some of that, but I mean, I can't. I honestly, I don't have any other complaints in that. That this was a this was a really stinking good uh, kids movie.
2: Uh, yeah, Richard, any complaints? The animation to me wasn't as as crisp as. It's certainly when you get used to watching the Pixar Pixar Piss Car, Pixar. <laughs> <This> car. <laughs> Cars was pretty bad, but I wouldn't use go that far. The Pixar films, pardon me. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's in terms of like you know dialogue or story. No, I mean I think everything was it was really really tight. I was really impressed, very impressed with it. I I really was.
0: Let's talk about DreamWorks Animation as a whole here. Let's let's go through the list of these movies and. It's funny how many forgetful films they have uh, when you consider how many fun movies they have as well. This is one of the only movies I've enjoyed by them, by the way. And I'll go through this, and I want to talk about some of their upcoming movies as well. But uh, they started things off uh, in 1998 with Ants, which uh, came right after A Bug's Life. When I, mean, I think Ants is a superior movie to A Bug's Life, but uh, probably whoa. doesn't whoa. have – whoa. Hold up.
1: Ants is better than Bugs Life. Have you
0: seen Ants, dude? Yeah, Bugs dude. Life kills. Ants kills, well, dude. Ants. No. I'm on team Ants all the way. All which the way. is the
2: one with? Which is the one with Woody Allen? Ants. Ants. It's pretty good, Brian. It's a pretty good movie. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. well, we never disagree. I'm gonna
1: have to disagree there.
2: And Gene Hackman and Sly Stallone. That's true. So and Dan Aykroyd, Brian, our favorite. Oh well, that's got to be good. <laughs> so
0: they started off uh, with Ants in 1998. Following that up with *The Prince of Egypt*, which is, I think, is also an underrated movie. Yeah, not bad. Uh, not, 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 computer generated, but very uh, well done for traditional animation. Followed by *The Road to El Dorado*. Anyone remember that one?
1: I remember. It. I've never seen it. I don't think anybody else has either.
0: <laughs> so many. They have a lot of forgetful ones. You're gonna. Some of these are gonna blow your mind. Uh, *Chicken Run* in 2000, which was a fun little movie. Uh, didn't didn 't really produce anything besides the initial movie uh, Shrek in two thousand and one, which is a of course spawned a franchise in two thousand and two Spirit stallion of the Cimarron anyone recall I have seen that wow. because I
1: was working with a group of kids at that time and we had to like watch we had to watch movies We saw that I want to say. This is a total blast from the past. I want to say Michelle Branch did the soundtrack for that movie. If that, yeah, if you guys remember Michelle Branch? Remember at all.
0: Michelle Spirit <laughs> Stallion. I I just can't remember that at all. By the way, it's not good. But uh, to further my opinion, Ants, Rotten Tomatoes, ninety five. A Bug's Life, ninety two. I will. Oh yeah, I need. I'm surprised Bug's ew. Life is
1: that high. I feel like. That's like the, the one that everybody kind of ignored from that time, for as far as put Pixar goes.
0: Yeah, but, uh, well, to follow up Toy Story is no easy task. Yeah. Uh, so after Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, we got Sinbad, Legends <laughs> of the Seven Seas. Starring Sinbad? <laughs> was it really? No. I don't know. Yeah, no, Sinbad it was, as Sinbad. It was, it was actually Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that's true. You're right. Wow. We get Shrek 2 after that in 2004, which, by the way, made twice as much as Shrek 1. Almost a billion-dollar movie, Shrek 2.
1: I'm looking at the same list, and I was surprised by how low Shrek's total was. Because I knew Shrek 2 was a huge, huge hit, but I didn't realize that it was double a huge hit. Ridiculous.
0: I wouldn't have thought that either. Much better, too, by
1: the way. Shrek 2 is funny. Shrek 1, meh.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Probably my favorite... Madagascar in 2005, I really enjoy Madagascar more than the average person probably. I do too. Uh, more I do too. than I ever expected to like it. And surprising to see it's 55% Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah. There are some very f- legitimately funny parts um, in the Madagascar series, which I enjoy. Uh, Wallace never, and Gromit. have never
2: seen it. So now I will. You haven't never seen Madagascar? Seen
0: it. Nope. Huh. It's fun. It's not bad. It's fun. The okay. penguins are great. So we get Wallace and Gromit in 2005, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit which won the Oscar uh, for Best Animated Feature that year, uh, beating out...
1: Wow. What movie did Pixar make that year? <laughs>
0: no movie. It beat out okay. uh, Howl's Moving Castle, a, a okay. uh, Miyazaki film, which I'm sure was good, but American audiences never grasp onto, and uh, Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. So that was oh, it. Oh, well. <laughs> which is right like
2: one of my least favorite movies ever made. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever been more bored in the theater than I was for Corpse Bride. here's where it gets crazy for DreamWorks.
0: Uh, 2006, Over the Hedge. Remember that yep. one? Yeah, I think
1: I might own that. Not a bad movie.
0: 2006 was not a good year. Flushed Away. Oof.
1: <laughs> Oof. that one's awful. That might be my least favorite movie on this list, because I think I've probably seen them all. That one is terrible.
0: Uh, 2007, we got Shrek the Third. Which okay, maybe that one's
1: the one that's worse. I haven't
0: seen that one. I don't think I've seen any of them since uh, Shrek 2. I didn't I didn't see Shrek the 3rd or the Puss in Boots movie.
1: Shrek the 3rd is one of the great cash grabs of all time. Like, oh, it worked. no one cared about this movie, and uh, and they sure
0: pumped it out. Uh, B-movie in 2000, 2007, um, which I was probably more a fan of because I like Jerry so much. But uh, ob- obviously an odd turn of events for Jerry to do that. I'm sure it had to do with he had just had kids and everything. So um, in 2008, we get Kung Fu Panda, Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, not bad. Madagascar, Escape to Africa after that. And we get Monsters vs. Aliens. Remember that movie?
1: Yeah, that one's not bad either. I've only seen it one time like when it was in theaters, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad
0: at all. I don't really remember it very much. I remember Seth Rogen was involved.
1: Yeah, like Reese and Reese Witherspoon, and and,
0: right. Keeper yeah. Sutherland. <laughs> nice. Greatest yeah. voice in Hollywood. Right, exactly. And then when we uh, get into the, the post-aughts, um, uh, we get into the teens here with How to Train Your Dragon in 2010. Shrek Forever After in 2010 as well. Uh, Megamind. Not ring. Will Ferrell, yeah, okay.
1: Will Ferrell, Jonah Hill.
0: Oh, okay. I think Tina yeah. Fey. I yeah. think
2: Brad Pitt again on that one.
0: You're right. He played the superhero in that, the one that Megamind is trying to destroy. I, I have a feeling I remember if I remember correctly, this got overshadowed by Despicable Me. Yes, sort of the same deal that year. It's amazing that these come. I don't know if they have like insider knowledge or something. I'd be interested to know and to talk to somebody who used to work at DreamWorks or at Pixar. Like, they have Spies or something in other <laughs> – because these movies take literally four years to, to make. And it's amazing that they can come out with How to Train Your Dragon in, in 2010, and Pixar does Brave in 2011. You know, like they are yeah. probably started around the exact same time. I don't know if they're trying to beat each other to the punch or whatever, but very similar um, mm-hmm. stuff. We get Kung Fu Panda 2 in 2011 – Puss in Boots also in t- in 2011. Uh, it's amazing how much bad. these Shrek related movies do at the box office though. Yeah. Despite seriously. how good they are, just crazy. Right. Madagascar 3 in 2012, followed by Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, which I haven't seen but Brian enjoyed, I think.
1: I like that. Yeah. It's a that's an underrated little uh, little movie. Very adult though. It's it's would be I wouldn't want like anyone under the age of like Eight or nine watching. it, Honestly, it's kind of creepy. Is
2: that but... the one with the owls? No, no. that's the owls of Gahul, Richard. But that dare you? Sorry, the book was called Guardians of the Ga- Guardians, of the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> it really was. I remember yeah. selling it yeah. when I was in college. Yeah, R- Rise, Rise of the, the
1: Guardians, Guardians is like. Yeah, Guardians of the, Guardians to Guardians like of the Galaxy? Claus. Yeah, there you go. It all, it all rides up. No, Rise of the Guardians is like Santa Claus and Jack Frost and the Tooth Fairy and stuff. Oh, fighting it, against right. the Sandman.
2: No, not Santa of the else. Guardians, The Isles of Ghoul. Is right. Called. There we go. Oh, directed by is. Zack Snyder. I always forget. Yeah. Don't. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> in 2013, we get uh,
0: The Croods, Good. Which Brian was also a fan of as well. Yeah. And, uh, huge flop for them last year about a racing snail. Still
1: made money when you add in the de- the overseas, which is crazy because that that was billed as like one of the all-time great animated flops and it is super profitable thanks to Europe and stuff.
0: Mr. Peabody and Sherman this past March, which I haven't seen as well but I probably will because I enjoyed the little shorts on Rocky and Bullwinkle and which brings us up to film 29 How to Train Your Dragon 2 uh, which just uh, premiered this past weekend. So uh, as far as upcoming movies we have a standalone uh, Penguins of Madagascar film coming out this year, which I'm sure will destroy. Yeah. Uh, the, the The penguins are probably the the best part of the Madagascar films, but uh, the the trailer was great for that. I don't know if you guys saw it in your theater. Yeah. But I I, I think that's going to be huge uh, this coming fall. So they have a potential to have a pretty good year. Uh, Mr. Peabody has already made over a hundred million dollars in profit. And How to Train Your Dragon, I'm assuming, will gain buzz and probably play throughout the end of the summer Yeah, in the theater. So it's looking good from that standpoint. Uh, Home, another movie coming out this next year in 2015, which I saw the trailer for, and it did not mm-hmm. look very nope. good at all, um, in my opinion. Uh, same complaint. They All the characters look the exact same to me. I know they're the same species, but... You know, try to make them a little more creative if you can, DreamWorks, if you're listening. We get Boo, Bureau of Otherworldly Operations, which I'm not sure if it's related to Rest in Peace Department or uh, Hotel Transylvania. Or Bill Murray's in it.
2: It's Seth Rogen and Bill Murray, though. Oh, cool. Boo. So and it's kind of like an animated Ghostbusters. So,
0: I want to know, though, and if you're an actor, do you ever say no to any animated Yeah, movie? I know. I would No know. matter what it is you know it's a day's work yeah you go in yeah. and say say a few lines in a few different ways and you wait two and a half three years and yeah boom chris
1: rock's got a great bid on that with the you know they pay you do this you do two days of work and they pay you a million dollars like that's yeah i mean it's it's such easy money from that side of things
0: uh kung fu panda 3 in 2015 uh one called boss baby in 2016 <sighs> no description available followed by how to train your Dragon in three that year, and also Fall 2016, a Trolls movie, which is based on the troll dolls. Yeah. Anna Kendrick just got cast in that. Okay, Anna Kendrick. I'm. Will that be uh, all animated or animated hybrid movie? I think all animated. I don't think they do the hybrid bit.
2: Okay. Uh, it's a musical too. Is it? Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's got Chloe Grace Moretz. So oh,
0: look forward to that her voice is my favorite part about her (laughs) 2017 captain underpants looking forward to that that'll be huge with ed helms as captain underpants so
2: january
1: uh, too that's odd
2: it is odd that is stupid on their part because i've sold when i worked at a bookstore in college i probably sold eight hundred thousand copies of different captain underpants books
0: oh dude i saw i was at um target the other day uh picking up some cheap blu-rays that were on sale and i looked over the book section and there was Eight or nine Captain Underpants books. I wasn't aware that they were still that popular. Like, I, I went to elementary school in the early 90s, and they were popular, but I feel like they had um, less, you know, decrease in popularity, but apparently not. Uh, Mumbai Musical. Not sure what that's about, but I'm assuming it's a musical set in Mumbai. <laughs> uh, the Croods 2, uh, Madagascar 4, Puss in Boots 2 uh, coming up. Uh, for DreamWorks. So, you know, a lot of stuff here, a lot of sequels. It feels like it's all sequels. And um, besides Home and and Boo, it's based on other properties and stuff like that. But I think you take less risk, especially with that financially. But not to say that they have taken risk financially on any of their films, because every single one of their movies has made profit. Even Sinbad, Legends of the Seven Seas did, except Mm -hmm. Road to El Dorado lost $20 million. Yeah, um, but that was, I think that competed with Atlantis, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so still
2: up, update here. Mumbai musical, uh-huh. Has been renamed, and I'm not kidding. Oh no, it's called. Bo- <laughs> oh no, I'm not kidding. It, okay, it is now called Bollywood superstar monkey. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to uh, buy
1: advance tickets
2: now? or I'm sorry, I could not say that. That's absolutely true, according to... <laughs> oh, man.
0: With what we know from Million Dollar Arm, it's that Bollywood movies
2: do very well in the box office. <laughs> I mean, people well, tell just my girlfriend's it. parents, because that's literally all they watch. Are they Indian? <laughs> no, not at all. But they Netflix Bollywood movies in.
0: Oh, man. That's They're crazy. the ones. That's amazing. Yeah. Get out of this. So, you know, like I said, a lot of... Stuff coming down the pipe for um, DreamWorks Animation. I'm assuming they're working in some capacity on all of these films right now. I want to know, like I said, I want to interview somebody from there just to see the workflow. Yeah, are they are they making like eight movies at once? Because I think Pixar like maxes out at two.
1: Yeah, cause it's very interesting because you got you're looking at they they basically take like a shotgun approach, whereas Pixar is like we're gonna put out at most one movie a year. You know, Pixar's been around since '95 and they've made like. 14 films i think and then this is this started in 98 and they're they've, they're up to 29 30 if you count uh the madagascar one coming this summer so or this winter so they're they're basically just like we're gonna shoot out three or four of these every year and you know you look at their success rate they're all very financially successful and about one out of three is very critically successful so you know good for them it's 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 a completely different model, obviously, than what Pixar does, but it's working for them. Yeah, it is.
0: It is working for them. And this year, I'm excited. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer, but uh, Peanuts movie is coming out this year. I'm really excited about that. I love Charlie Brown, Peanuts. Yeah. And it looks really cool. It's similar to the original animation style, but with a sort of modern twist on it. And so I'm really excited to see that later this year. Sony Pictures is coming out with Popeye in 2016. And we are also getting a Pink Panther movie uh, mm. coming out later. So a mm. lot of old movies uh, and old, you know, franchises sort of working their way back into the public eye. I'm not sure the reasoning behind that. Any thoughts on that? Why we're getting uh, shows? Uh, maybe Mr. Peabody and Sherman did okay. I mean, but yeah, not uh, nothing to write home about. And it's going to be interesting to see though later. Um, when these films come out, whether the public grasps onto them to not uh, a lot. I don't know if kids nowadays are really into Popeye. (laughs) Yeah. It's not really a franchise that I hear a lot about or see toys of or anything like that. But I mean, if you've seen the Robin Williams Popeye, I mean, you can't, you can't be anything but a fan. Such
2: a weird movie. That is such a weird movie. It is. It's
0: quite weird. The fact that he thought it was going to be so great is crazy, but Sony Pictures Animation's even crazier. They started with Open Season and Surf's Up uh, yeah. <laughs> back in 06, 07. They do have mm-hmm. Claudius with of Meatballs, which is fun. And they do have the Smurfs, which has made a crazy amount of money. But other than that, really nothing. They are bringing us a Roller Coaster Tycoon animated film. Uh, and it's in development right now. Also, an ALF animated film <laughs> coming I'm up. I'm in. So I like ALF.
1: I did too. I was obsessed with Alf when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> he yeah.
2: eats cats though, so
0: can't be yeah.
1: careful.
0: <laughs> it's interesting to see also the best animated feature Oscar category, uh, which was established in 2000. And it's, it's just funny to see there's, that there's so much competition in this uh, category because so much work goes into it. Uh, I remember a fuss a few years ago when Brave beat Wreck-It Ralph that year, mm. like everyone thought Rickett Ralph was going to win, I think, but Brave should have won, won and yeah. should have won. And Frozen last year, of course, won beating out the Crude's Despicable Me 2, The Wind Rises, which I hear is fantastic and Ernest and Celestine, which I hear is great, too. I did see Frozen. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I didn't see it in the theater, but I did go back and uh, watch it when it came out. It was fine. What would you think? Yeah, it was. I really liked it a lot. It was in my top it ten. It was cool. Year last it year. was. I don't think it's as good as people make it out to be. Honestly. Yeah, you you had you had
1: the, it, to your detriment. You had months and months and months of literally every human being on Facebook saying that it's the best movie of all time before you saw it. You know what I mean? That doesn't help.
0: Certainly not yeah. worthy of the praise and yeah. obsession that it has brought upon it. I mean, I think people were just excited that it was a disney movie with songs that wasn't terrible so automatically yeah. it's the best movie that they've had and it's certainly not up to the par of the glory days of disney in my opinion with the uh, little mermaid lion king it, beauty and the beast etc but i mean it's a worthy movie and a great return for disney to this style of movie i never saw tangled either but i hear that that was great as well so it's always fun to talk animation guys And to sort of every year sort of look at the animation landscape. And this year, I think it's going to be pretty competitive at the Oscars. I think the Lego movie has a definite shot. And this, of course, How to Train Your Dragon 2, from an animation standpoint, is awesome. But I don't know if the Lego movie can be beat just because of the amount of creativity that went into that. And uh, the, the distinctness of that movie. But we'll have to see later in the year if anything like the Peanuts movie or something can compete with that. But I think it's going to be a dead heat between those two, and I have a feeling How to Train Your Dragon 2 will win uh, that award. But surprising that um, How to Train Your Dragon didn't get more attention in that category, but once again, it was going against Toy Story 3 uh, mm. in 2010, which Toy Story 3 probably may be the best Toy Story movie. Uh, that yeah. can be a debate. But cool cool to talk about animation, guys. And like I said, anytime an animation movie comes up that's worthy of, uh, of us discussing the sort of landscape of animated features, we will for sure uh, bring that to the table and have a talk. But before we sign off, guys, let's do grades for How to Train Your Dragon 2. Brian Gill.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with an A-. minus.
0: Uh, Richard. A-. minus. Cool. I will go A uh, on that. I can't really think of many complaints, very minor complaints, if I was to have any. Uh, regarding underutilization of characters but once again i didn't want them involved in this movie much at all so really really solid uh, effort and output from dreamworks animation and they definitely upped the ante from uh the first how to train your dragon so we will see how number 3 goes here uh in a couple of years uh let me ask you ryan where can i find you online you can find me on Twitter
1: at Bgill 12 and you can find my writing at CanBabiesDrinkRedBull.com. Richard, where can
0: we find
2: you? You can find me on the Twitter at Richard Garden. I forgot for a something.
0: Kent, where might I find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find all of our episodes online at MadAboutLouisePodcast.com. And on that note, guys, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye.